This is Workflow, episode 11. Workflow is the podcast that helps teams figure out the best way to work, collaborate, and get stuff done. Brought to you by Rindle. Hey everyone, I'm Tom. And I'm Brian. And we're the co-founders of Rindle, and this is our podcast, Workflow. Today we're talking about workflow automation and how it can help your team. Before we get into the main topic, let's chat a little bit about what's going on at Rindle. So, uh, Tom, what's uh, happening on uh, the product side? Yeah, so um, we finally uh, made it through, you know, the the release of V3 and uh, and bug fixes um, that come along with any any fairly, actually, extremely major uh, product release. Um, and we're moving on to planning custom fields, which uh, has been an adventure, to say the least. But uh, we're just about through that and, and probably going to be starting uh, starting development of custom fields. Uh, a little bit of development has already been started, but uh, basically continue development over the next couple of weeks to get this feature done. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's going to give our customers uh, and future customers a lot of flexibility um, you know, with data they want to collect for various reasons, um, you know, obviously outside of what we currently offer within a task as far as data collection, like the description field we have and things like that. But we really give kind of, you know, options as far as, you know, tracking estimate versus actual time as an example, um, or any other kind of date, numeric or text field that, that needs to be tracked uh, that may be specific to your project or your team. Sure. Yeah. And it's allowing them to do it obviously in a, in um, a fashion which can then uh, be used to some capacity, right? Um, so be that through uh, the export tool or um, I, I guess uh, for, for some people potentially through the API, um, but it, you know, it, you don't have that option if you just add this to the description field, this type of data to like the description field. Um, yeah, and sometimes when you leverage a description field, something like that, where you might be pooling a bunch of data because there's nowhere else to put it. So it's hard to visually see the difference, hard for people, your team members to see the difference or where that data is stored or why. Mm-hmm. So the custom fields kind of separates it out, uh, kind of gives it a permanent home to live that's going to be in the same spot every time uh, and much easier to communicate, well, no, this is where you put this piece of data or this information. And, and I think even beyond exporting, import even, you know, in a use case like something like estimated time, if you're planning a project or planning a, a level of effort that involves a bunch of tasks and you are tracking things like how much effort it's going to take or how much time we think it's going to take, um, you know, you could actually import predetermined values potentially as well. So you don't have to, you know, put it in every single task, for example. So I think it's a combination of leveraging it with importing, exporting, and possibly even the API, like you mentioned. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I can just see some pretty awesome things in the future uh, that people can do with this, um, especially when we get, when, when we uh, finally get around to the uh, conditional automation feature, which we've, I, I believe, hinted at before. Um, but that's definitely coming in the next uh, couple months and, and really would be, hopefully will be powerful with uh, custom fields, especially. Very cool. Perfect for the topic that we're <laughs> going to talk about today. But I do have one other personal point that I just wanted to bring up just my general workflow uh, joys that I have, but I do want to say how much I love the Google Drive Slack integration. Um, 
I, I think you and I both struggle with this a lot about like Google Drive and like finding documents. You know, obviously if they're in Rindle and somebody's attached Google Drive document, it's a little easier to find in context to a task, but sometimes you get documents obviously shared with you or things like that that are not necessarily tasks, right? You might be just collaborating around a document or a high level concept or whatever it might be. Um, and I tend to struggle with finding it. So now that I've have it integrated with Slack, you know, all of my notifications that I get for Google Drive docs show up in the Google Drive channel. So I get notif notified there for one, which is awesome, but it's also historical. So I can quickly go to one place really quick instead of sifting through my email notifications, which is a nightmare, or trying to find a Google Drive, which can be a nightmare. Um, I can now just go to the channel and it gives me my last three that I've been notified. And usually within that first three or so, I find exactly what I'm looking for and I jump right to it. So it's pretty awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I've uh, yet to actually check that out, even though you have been mentioning it for uh, for a while now. Um, I should probably do that. It's something that I notice every day that I get happy about, um, <laughs> just because you know, we use Slack. Uh, you know, as we talk, we use it pretty much for our communication channel with our remote team, and um, I, I literally look at the channel every day. So it's something that's definitely impacting you know my daily workflow, which is cool. Before we get started, if you have any questions, uh, ideas for topics or team scenarios that you want us to tear down, um, give us a call. Our voicemail is 860-577-2293, or you can email us at workflow at rindle.com. Also, if you like what you're hearing uh, and you like what we're doing here with the podcast, please leave us a review. It definitely helps the effort in reaching more people like yourselves uh, who might be interested in what we're talking about, and it definitely motivates us to keep going on and creating more content. Great. On to the main topic. Yeah, so the topic of the day is what is workflow automation anyway? And I think this is a great topic because, you know, workflow automation has been around, automation in general has been kind of a hot topic lately. It's been around in a lot of different ways, um, but workflow automation itself uh, is a fairly new concept. So it's worth kind of talking about, talking about what it actually means, um, give some examples, use cases and, and benefits and all those things. Sure. So uh, I guess we should just start out with giving the actual definition of uh, workflow automation, which is a series of automated actions for, for the steps in a business process. It allows the team to spend more time on the actual work itself and less time on the processes that support them. Could we give a quick example of, of something like that, uh, just so people can wrap their head around? Yeah, so I think anything with, with steps in it, and I think this is a good general definition because we're talking about a business process. Business processes, you know, can exist in many different ways. Um, you know, it could be, you know, an onboarding for new employees workflow. Um, that has a process that has a beginning and an end, multiple steps in between. Uh, it could be in a project management standpoint where you're doing a workflow for a type of work that you're managing. Um, so business processes exist all over the place. And I think anything that has multiple steps that people follow to get something done from a start and finish standpoint uh, would be considered a business process. Um, a lot of what we talk about at Rindle when we talk about workflow are actual workflows that live within, you know, boards or projects mm -hmm. um, that really have to do with uh, getting tasks done. So could a user onboarding or new employee onboarding flow exist in Rindle? Absolutely, because you're managing uh, you know, something that needs to get done through multiple steps of process uh, through to the end until it's completed. Um, so I think when we talk about workflow automation, we're talking about you know, instead of doing those steps manually and tracking it, you know, automating it so things flow through that sequence automatically, therefore saving time, um, letting you focus on the actual work 
uh, and not necessarily all the steps in a process that you have to remember to do um, or, or sometimes even forget to do uh, because there are multiple steps and a lot of things to do along the way. Awesome. Yeah, I think you've uh, already kind of hopped into this, uh, the next point, which is uh, the benefits of workflow automation with that last statement. But, uh, but yeah, we, we, should, uh, we should go over those now. Cool. Yeah. So the first benefit of workflow automation is that it reduces human error. Uh, and prevents everyday tasks, you know, and steps in a process from falling through the cracks. I touched on that a little bit just a second ago, saying that, hey, there are multiple steps in a process, you might forget something, right, along the way. So I think that human error is enough. I think this is the biggest thing for me in general, in my history and my experience, um, you know, drop off from you're expecting one person to do something when they're done with their portion of a task or whatever it is they need to do, and they don't right? So the task sits there in its current state and does not move to the next step in the process until somebody picks up on it and says, why isn't this moving? Usually the project manager or whoever is leading the project or whatever it is you're doing, which is a huge time suck, right? So I, I used to, you know, every time that kind of thing happened, I would lose sometimes a day or two in a timeline of a process. So, you know, the human error part of it, you know, the automation will kind of move that task along potentially, uh, where if it, that automation wasn't in place, the person you're relying on that human being to remember to do X, Y, and Z when they're done with their portion. Yeah, I think this can actually be even more dramatic than you're making it out to be too, because like th there could be work getting done somewhere where, where you don't visit every day or even every week because um, potentially it's just not something that is important. So you might not know that something has fallen out of this quote unquote workflow, right? That it's, it's in. Um, right. So yeah, losing a day, potentially you could lose more than a day, uh, depending on the scenario. Yeah. And it basically, you know, it start it eliminates excuses to an extent too, because now it's not like this constant conversation of, well, you know, I just, I just got in late th this morning and I forgot. And like all these conversations happen, you know, uh, yeah. about excuses, why you didn't move it along. Um, and or, I yeah, think, or the just common, like, I didn't, I didn't remember, you know, like, or right. I didn't, or I didn't know. Um, I, I just didn't know to do that. Right. Like it could be an, uh, a new employee or an employee that's switching over that hasn't worked on this particular thing before right and and maybe they really honestly didn't know or 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 whatever like that like it's it's awesome that if you have automation set up properly they don't have to know you know yeah. all they have to know is move to the next list or mark it complete and and everything else just uh um happens yeah that really transitions in the next point which is you know it empowers employees to focus on the work and not the process so like you just explained like a new employee you know, like, yeah, there is a lot of process overhead potentially with that. Um, if, if we set up automation properly, like you're saying, we can just focus on a work and, and by focus on a work, meaning we can reduce the amount of responsibility on a per team member basis of moving something along the process to, you know, marking complete or moving from one column to the other column. Right. Yep, very simple, that, simple, simple actions. Yep, exactly. Instead of, oh, when you're done with that, by the way, uh, notify Greg about that. Um, and also let Jen know that you notified Greg and, and all these things need to happen, yeah. right? Um, that can all be automated through through technology like Rindle. Um, and you really empowering the employee to say, okay, I'm going to do my job, focus on this, move it along. And that's it. 
uh, and then the proper people will be notified. Whatever needs to happen will happen automatically, and that 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 task will keep moving through an automated fashion. Awesome, yeah. Um, that goes right to the next point, which it automates uh, communication and eliminates the need uh, for team members to remind each other in a continuous chain of events uh, that it's now their turn turn to take over this task or or their turn to um, to complete some goal. I think perfect example what what you just uh, mentioned, but uh, it, it, like with notification notifying someone, uh, but it could also be like, hey, the next step of the process is actually unassigning the current person who's assigned and, and assigning the specific person to a task, which actually can take multiple clicks and, and be fairly time consuming, uh, which is why actually the next point is that uh, automations can save time and eliminate excessive busy work. Right. And that could even mean, you know, not only just notifications, like you said, but the automation could be when, hey, when it completes this part of the process, it, the task actually moves from one place to another place, sure. from one team to another team. Well, you know, until that happens, you either got to wait for somebody to manually communicate with you, which we know human error can happen. Uh, if not, you might be checking the, the project or the board all the time, right? Being like, I wonder if this is done yet or not. Because mm -hmm. I know I'm waiting for it, right? So that is a busy time too. Like that's a waste of time just trying, like literally trying to track things down and not sure about how things move. But with automation, you can say, oh, yep, I know, I know what it's going to be done because it's going to move the task over to my team, right? So we now know it's on our plate. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. And no need of excessive like communication that's going to waste a bunch of time. Another benefit is that it reduces app fatigue, similar to focusing on the work, um, but it, basically you're spending less time in the app when you don't need to be in there. So instead of forcing people, again, with the busy and the extra clicks, it forces people to be in, a, in an application sometimes or a piece of software more than they actually need or want to be. So again, the whole, the whole thing with this is focusing on the work and being able to be freed up and focus on the actual stuff you need to do every day than managing a piece of software. So by re requiring less clicks and less moving and less communication within a piece of software because it's automated, you're actually freeing people up um, and reducing the fatigue of being in the app being like, Oh, I got to go back into X, Y, Z and do this or do that. Um, it's actually letting people focus more on the creative nature of what they're doing, the technical nature of whatever they're doing, the reason why they're hired and doing their job today um, instead of, you know, actually in the software managing things. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, last but not least uh, is the flexibility. Uh, customize your workflow and process to meet your exact needs. Um, you don't have to force yourself into another way of working. Uh, someone else's process, someone else's workflow. Uh, you can set it up however you want. That's why automation's uh, pretty awesome. What we've always felt that's been missing in project management tools is this element of workflow automation. Um, everybody kind of focuses on, you know, obviously tasks and organizing tasks and due dates and assignments, which is all pretty common, but a lot of what falls apart is actually on the process side. And we all typically tend to work differently and for various reasons have different processes, different workflows, different needs. And that's why, you know, really it's hard to find a solution that fits your needs. <laughs> and there's a lot of options in the market. Mm -hmm. um, with something like workflow automation, you can customize and tailor your process very easily with something like Rindle, it's point and click, no coding required, but you can really tailor to your exact workflow, notify a certain steps, certain specific steps, and not have to fit or shoehorn your workflow into the way that that particular app you're using wants you to work. Uh, so it gives you a lot more flexibility and a lot more 
ingenuity with what you can do in your own workflow. You can think about how you need it to work, right? And, and be able to be like, oh, I can actually do that with this piece of software with automating it and moving things automatically depending on what happens as opposed to, well, no, we can't do that because that's not the way the software works. Let's talk about some use case examples. So we kind of, you know, talked about the definition. What are some of the benefits of, of workflow automation? But let's actually get into um, some use cases. And a lot of these that we're going to talk about today are based on Riddle and our workflow automation platform uh, and our general experiences. Could vary with different tool sets, uh, whatever you're using. Um, but, you know, this will give you kind of some ideas of, of how things can be automated. So uh, automations in general are probably best used uh, with visual workflows, uh, the, the Kanban style approach. Um, and we'll, we'll be referencing visual workflows throughout, um, but you, you can certainly use lists as well. Uh, simple uh, tasks, uh, they can absolutely be used. Uh, you can, even within Rindle, we have lists and they work great with, with uh, with automations. Yeah, especially if the reason why we'll be referencing visual workflows just because like moving things left to right along a step-by-step -step process fits, you know, obviously fits in well with a lot of process-oriented discussion. Some automations though, like marking something complete as an example, you know, mm -hmm. could happen in anywhere like a visual workflow or Kanban style or a list view. So it really depends on what you're doing, but a lot of things we'll be talking about today are process-based. So when we're talking about moving things from one list you know, one column to the other column, it's really referencing that visual Kanban kind of workflow. Cool. So uh, I think the first example that we have is uh, managing uh, a multi-step and multi-stage process. Brian, do you want to take it? Yeah. So this is really, you know, multi-step process, I think is pretty common. Um, so this is something where you have, you know, a backlog in progress, uh, in review, things like that done. Um, so this has multiple steps. Um, an example of this is simply something you could automate is assigning a task on a given step of a process, like the review step or an approval step. Uh, so, you know, we use this a lot in our own workflow, uh, just in like QA and things like that, right? So if, if we're developing a feature and it's ready to be QA'd, we have an automation that's set up to notify the person who's in charge of QAing. Um, this way, they're notified on when it's ready to be, actually be worked on. They don't have to go back to the board and, and surf for things or ask a lot of questions like what can they expect coming down a pike. Uh, they just get notified when it's ready to, for that step. Uh, and I think it fits perfectly in kind of the review, approval, kind of double check type of process. Sure. So we allow uh, within Rindle uh, these notifications to happen through email or through Slack, um, at least right now. Uh, potentially, we might be adding other uh, means of notifications in, in, in the future, but yeah, it, it works pretty well. So um, when you, again, mark something as complete, uh, you might post in a Slack channel, hey, that this task was completed. Yeah, I know Asia had a use case um, that she's setting up with Slack right now that, uh, you know, when something gets moved to review in the blog post workflow, she wants to be notified in a certain Slack channel. Um, so similar email and Slack really work hand in hand, at least in Rindle, um, that you can note, you can choose to be notified via email on a given trigger. Uh, so mark complete or moves to a list or whatever it might be, um, or a Slack channel, you know, of your choice. So it's pretty flexible in a step-by-step -step process. Sure. Yeah. It, you could probably, um, even within, well, obviously within Rindle, you can, uh, go as far as to when things come into this board, uh, also notify through email or a Slack channel. Um, right. because we do have means of getting 
data in either through uh, through a board email address um, or through the API. Uh, things can just come directly into a board without without you really knowing about it. Yep. Yeah, and it, again, with the workflow automation, it gives a lot more flexibility where a lot of systems have notifications, obviously, but they're pretty tailored to whatever they want to notify in. They're kind of pre-built into the system mm -hmm. where something like automations, because you can have them on various triggers, you can really tailor it to your workflow. Like, I actually do need to be notified when new tests are created on this board, and I want to be notified in an email or via Slack. Um, so it can really tailor it as opposed to being locked. Well, they don't notify on it, so now what do I do? Right, I got to yeah. find a different workaround. Yeah, and actually, you and I have gotten into some uh, heated discussions about how I actually originally thought um, we should actually have all of our notifications done through uh, through a series of automations. Um, we we don't do that, but uh, obviously, we could. <laughs> um, based on uh, various triggers, we could actually do all the automations in the system. Which is actually not true, but you, can, okay. you cannot you cannot notify on a comment as an example, which we well, as sure. a baseline, you know, and and if you're watching and you know, yeah, like, I said uh, different triggers that would, some of the triggers we don't have, uh, but yeah, we, could, yeah, yeah, yeah. we could we could add those triggers in. It was it was a discussion that we we had um, right. a while back. So so another example through this multi-step example is like saving clicks. So you know, in that same multi-step process, you can set things up like. Uh, you know, mark a task complete when it's moved to the done, right? So uh, some teams like us, actually, we don't necessarily want something to be automatically kind of checked off and removed from our board because we actually use that as a status, right? So when it's done, we want the team to see that it's done. Um, and there's some things that have to happen before we actually archive it off the board. So that's an advantage, right? So we can have the flexibility to say, when we move to done, actually, you can mark it complete, but don't archive it right away. And a lot of systems, when they mark complete, you know, they archive it or you remove it from the interface at least and it's gone because it's complete. Um, so you can set up some automations like that when, when I'm, you know, mark it complete when I move it to done. Uh, you can archive it when you move it to done as well. Um, you can also move tasks to done when you mark it complete. So if it isn't another list and it actually ends up being done, you can have an automation that says, hey, move it to done in that scenario. So everything regardless gets moved to done when it's complete. Sure. Yeah. Um, you can even reset the state of, uh, of a task. Uh, we actually, um, one of, one of our colleagues, uh, Scott, he actually likes to mark tasks complete as he's working on them. And then we actually have the, um, ready test column mark his completed tasks incomplete, um, because they're ready tests then. And, and the next column actually ultimately marks the tasks complete automatically, um, which is the done column. I actually talked about that with Asia in my interview with her, which you haven't heard yet because it's actually not released yet as an episode. <laughs> um, but I, I used that exact use case in one of the things we were talking about. It's pretty funny. Cool. Um, so another use case is tagging. Um, so a lot of systems have tag. Rindle certainly has tags um, or, or some kind of labeling other systems have. A use case of that is, you know, we'll give you our own use case. Um, but when feedback comes in about Rindle. So we do track feedback when people cancel trials, as an example, things like that. Um, we have a task automatically being created on a Rindle board through our custom email addresses. Uh, that board's called feedback. And then we have an automation set up that automatically tags that task with canceled reason. So we know that if somebody cancels their trial or, or whatever opts out of the, the account or the trial, they can give us a reason. And if they give us a reason, we can actually track that to look back on it and understand why. Yeah, and, and uh, you might be thinking, uh, as I was when uh, I initially uh, read this, uh, why might 
that be important, um, but it is important because the board, this feedback board actually contains not just uh, canceled reasons, it contains other uh, pieces of feedback that we um, receive about the product. So it's, it's important to uh, note that, hey, these things that are coming in are, are uh, the canceled reasons. Um, yeah, we track a bunch of other stuff like we do, you know, customer interviews, demos, we track recordings of those things if they're viable, um, just for reference and things like that. We also track our customer feedback for feature requests. Um, so we use other tags actually to track those, that, those things. So we'll, we'll track it by, by clients or by number of votes kind of thing. Um, so it's important to tag it so we clarify it. Um, and then of course, the other reason is if that task actually moves. Yeah, sure. Which uh, does happen on occasion. We we move uh, potentially there's a piece of feedback that's a, a bug, and we'll move it to the bug board, um, and and we'll know then that hey, this uh, this was a reason why someone canceled, right? If if um, if that happened to be where the bug originated. Yeah, I guess depending on the system you're using or or methods that you're using, um, you know, the nice thing about Rindle is that you know tags are global. So when we talk about moving a task from one board to another board, the, t the tags actually follow without an issue. Um, so it's nice because if we do find something that, you know, is a piece of feedback and also a bug and ends up being worked on and fixed, we know that, hey, that was a bug and it was also a piece of feedback from a customer. Uh, maybe we want to reach out to the customer and tell them it's fixed, right? Or something like that. So it really keeps sure. the context of everything intact when you use the tagging. Uh, and automatically doing it again takes out the human being of being like, hey, we received some feedback. Oh, let me go in and market as feedback so we keep things organized. The automation just takes care of that in the context of that data coming in. So, yeah, now, now combined with uh, mirrors, which we're just starting to fool around with now, um, that just becomes even, even more powerful. Um, <laughs> it sounds like we're uh, really. Um, just talking about our product, but th these are obviously things that are very like pain points that we have felt and, and re specifically like reasons why we built some of these uh, features within Rindle. Um, but mirrors basically will uh, allow you to keep, keep that task on um, the feedback board. And if there's say a bug that is associated with that, you can just mirror that task onto the bugs board. Um, so that way it, it never actually leaves the feedback board, but it'll still be on the bugs board and uh, it, it can, the mirror can actually go through its own workflow, which is pretty awesome. Uh, awesome. So the next uh, point around tagging is that, you know, ex you can execute actions based on a certain tag being set with automations. So um, a, a quick example of that uh, is just something that I just talked to a customer about, actually, it's one of their use cases, but um, using something like a priority tag, because it's something that is a priority, um, you could actually use a mirror in this example, uh, specific to Rindle, but you can use a mirror and mirror it onto a board called priority, right? So if you're trying to like sift through a bunch of tasks in your system and, you know, uh, automatically reference that somewhere else so where everybody can see a list of priorities for the day, for the week, whatever it is, using an automation in that instance, you know, allows the person only to have to remember or action wise have to put the tag called priority on it and all the other things automatically happen with the automations. So it just reduces again, the steps required, uh, the amount of time in the app to execute it uh, and just make sure things happen appropriately. But that's a, that's a simple, um, use case, you know, and, and another use case actually that I know that we're going to use it for is for, for marketing. So uh, eventually we will be, you know, able to, uh, you know, based on a product feature that we're releasing, for an example, and we need to create some emails and some blog content about it, we'll be able to tag that 
as a, a product release that we're actually going to announce. And that will, will go over to the marketing board and kind of get it on their radar automatically um, by adding that tag. So again, you know, using the automation to kind of do things based on the adding of a tag. Yeah. And, and that right there is like the first real, like kind of glimpse into what potentially could even be taken uh, a step further with conditionals once we actually have that in, in the product, right? Because we're, we're basically through this tagging, allowing you to be like, Hey, if this specific tags added, do, do this as opposed to just in general, triggering some action um, all the time, you know? Right. You know, and also too, it, it also could, you know, just another example of tagging now that we're just talking about it and thinking about it, but you know, tagging also can do things like assigning people or moving it to a certain list or a certain board in the mm -hmm. workflow. So, you know, in our kind of workflow, you know, if you tag it with a front end and it's front end work, you know, we could assign a certain person to it because they're responsible and it could go to this portion of the board because it's front end work. Right. So a lot of things you can kind of trigger off just a simple organize, organizing things with tags, but based on that, you know, do a lot of things within a process wise and, and kind of save a lot of clicks and steps. And then you're right with conditionals, like that's going to be even crazier, right? You can really do a lot of things based on certain use case scenarios. Um, the, the, the final uh, use case that we have or, or example that we have uh, with automations is getting data in and out of applications. Um, so if you combine um, Rindle or, or any, uh, any PM software with, um, a tool like Zapier that, um, as long as that software has an API that connects to Zapier, you can do things like automatically, uh, automatically create a, a task within Rindle when, you know, you, someone fills out a Google form. Yeah. But I think like, you know, really getting into like things outside of your project or, you know, team workflow for getting actual tasks and projects done. Um, you know, Zapier and IFTTT and things like that, you know, sit more at that kind of top level mm -hmm. and will help you kind of get data in and out of an application like Rindle potentially. They don't really, I mean, I think there are ways to do it cert with certain things, but they're, they don't really focus on the process within uh, the team, with a, which I think is interesting. I always felt that limitation using Zapier with other tools that I've used in the past, but it is great for external applications. So it's great if you're connecting Google Form and Rindle together and you're just trying to get stuff you know created in the task management application from a submission of a google form which is another app you're using you know typeform is another example of an app they integrate with right if you're using typeform which we use for surveys and stuff like that you can create you know tasks and rindle for a workflow or something like that so it's great for that external data connection i've always found that the limitations of those really get down to when you're inside your own workflow and now moving that task through the process that needs to happen the, that Zapier really kind of stops there and doesn't handle because it's really an external application um, where sure. something like Rindle, you know, our workflow automation platform will pick that up and continue automating through your process uh, to the end. All right. So now that we've given some, uh, some examples, uh, we should probably also talk about some potential challenges that are involved with uh, automating a, a workflow. The first one, I think uh, something that we're struggling with uh, now just to find, um, find better uh, a better user experience is is basically that automations can be confusing when you have uh, a bunch of uh, different things that are automatically happening uh, in the background um telling the user what's going to happen and when that's going to happen um is is a difficult thing to do um we basically uh solve that actually through um logging um basically on, on at the board level you can see like oh an automation did this 
Um, we also visually show when automations are set up on on a board. But again, this is this is something that we are currently continuing to work on and find solutions for um, because it, it is challenging to to basically indicate that something's going to happen um, when you do something, and that something could be a lot of different things. Yeah, I think it can be confusing when when things are happening and, and you don't know why or don't you do may not even remember why because uh, you put an automation in place a while back you know and you haven't triggered that automation in a while and something happens and it's confusing so i think you know communicating that properly is definitely a challenge uh, for us as software developers but you know just as users like understanding what's happening and why i think that you know making sure your whole team is informed of automations is also something that will help with this so if you if you create some automations and as a as a lead or a pm or something like that that makes sense for the team, but you don't tell anybody else about them. They kind of might have a little shell shock once things start moving around or, you know, adding things, they might think it's a, an issue with the software you're using or uh, whatever it might be. So definitely keep everybody, you know, in the loop for the most part, it might, might cut down on some of that confusion. So another potential challenge is, is over automating. So sometimes when we get our hands on these powerful tools that can do a lot of cool things automatically for us, we tend to get a little um, overexcited about it and we start to add things that don't necessarily have to be added but are kind of cool. Um, but down the line could just add to the confusion potentially or add more things for you to sift through when you are trying to track something down or figure out why something is happening. Um, so, you know, try to keep things to a minimal, you know, as, as a whole and, and only automate if it really needs to be done and it makes sense for your workflow. If it doesn't really need to get done, try to prevent doing things automatically unless it's really needed. One last uh, challenge I think is um, undesired outcomes of automation. So first, uh, and, and we've, we've since solved this, but uh, in the original version of automations, you did have scenarios where you could enter into uh, basically uh, an infinite loop. Um, something recursive that uh, sends the task back to the starting uh, list and then um, it just keeps going through and firing the same, triggering the same automation over and over, um, which was pretty bad. <laughs> and, and also uh, more or less difficult to solve because um, we did want automations to fire um, based off of some previous automatic action, right? So that way you could uh, chain, chain the automations. Yeah, which ultimately could also create another, you know, undesired outcome with the fact that there could also be other automations that you previously created, like, again, six months ago, for example, you've forgotten about it since you're creating some new automations today. Uh, and that new automation is actually going to trigger the other automation that you created six months ago. Um, but you're not in that mindset and you don't understand that at that moment. So when you go to test that automation, be like, okay, put this automation in place. I'm going to test it. It actually does something different because it's triggering another automation that you forgot that was there. Um, so it can be a little, little confusing uh, in the same nature of like tracking it down. Um, but you know, sometimes you do get undesired outcomes and you got to figure out, okay, well, what do I have in place that are actually causing this to happen? Awesome. Cool. So, I think that basically covers it. So uh, let's move on to tips for taking action. Yeah, so I think, you know, making sure your process is solid before attempting to automate is always a good thing. Um, things can get messy pretty fast. Um, and I think automations, you know, it's a nice shiny tool that I think when we have them uh, available to us, we tend to want to leverage them. Um, 
But if you're starting out from scratch and you're building a new workflow, start with the manual workflow first, get that rolling, uh, which we've talked about on previous episodes about how to do that. Um, making sure that the process makes sense for your team, that you're actually completing tasks and getting them through a proper workflow that makes sense. Um, then look at, okay, well, where are some of the pain points? Where are some of the things that uh, are either dropping off or falling through the cracks? What can we automate here to make the process better? Just as important that uh, it is to, to make sure you have a solid process for attempts to automate. Um, also just create these automations in very small pieces, right? Um, th this is kind of a, a programmer's mindset, but our automation, especially within Rindle, our automation tool um, allows you to have multiple triggers and multiple actions within the same automation. Um, but it, it's actually really best used if you really uh, almost just have one trigger and, and one action and, and you can then create additional automations if you if you need to. Yeah, basically it just avoids confusion. It'll also avoid over-automating, which we mentioned, like where we kind of come out of the gate and you create a whole bunch of automations because you think that makes sense. Actually, I think doing one at a time, like you're saying, will slow down the pace a little bit, let you kind of make sure that's working um, instead of complicating your life by adding a whole bunch of situations that you're going to have to possibly sift through uh, shortly down the road. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, I think finally, just um, if, if you have a process in place uh, that that's like a fine tuned process, uh, try to re reverse engineer it and, and find opportunities uh, to automate it. Um, and, and this could probably be an episode within itself of explaining like kind of how, how you can go about doing that. But yeah. I mean, it could be as easy as a whiteboard, you know, like uh, depending on what you're using today and, and what your current process looks like, but you know, breaking it down on a whiteboard saying, okay, let's go through each step, what actually happens in each step of the process, uh, and then starting to dissect those steps and be like, well, what can I automate? And, and you know, depending on your capabilities with automation, um, you know, what can you do actually to kind of make this process go through without having so much, uh, you know, human intervention? Yeah, and I think uh, good places to start, obviously, uh, notifications and um, automatic tagging. Um, if, if Again, your system is capable of doing that sort of stuff. Um, those are obvious and easy places to start. Yeah, and assigning. I think I think assigning too is just a great one, just because a lot of times, and this really is a whole other episode in itself, probably as well. Um, but I find I talk to a lot of people who pre-assign tons of tasks, right? So we used to. Yeah, we used to. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we realized kind of like, well, does it make sense for me to have, you know, I had somebody tell me one time, a hundred tasks to have a hundred tasks assigned to me right now. You know, how would I possibly, even with software, be able to determine, well, what is priority if all of this work is actually on my plate? And the reality is it's not. Somebody is pre-planning and saying, well, Brian's going to do this. It might be a month from now, but that's his responsibility. Um, instead of assigning it at the time it actually needs to be done, which you know is, is just two different ways of working. Um, but with automations, you can streamline that quite a bit to when they move it to a certain list, assign it to them or whatever that might be, like we described before it, with the you know QA process we have, only assigning them when it's their turn or their responsibility now to act on that task at that moment. Well, I think that about wraps us up for the day. If you have a question for us, you can call into our voicemail number at 860 577-2293 or you can email it to us at workflow at rindle.com our theme music is an excerpt from thunder rock by magic studio used under creative commons subscribe to us on itunes by searching for workflow and visit rindle.com workflow podcast for a full transcript of each episode 
Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.